Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your warfare! Ah! Boom. Oh, wow. Oh, That's fantastic. Here we that, I, know, I really, I really enjoyed that. You, That's enjoyed, fantastic. you enjoyed being counted down? Uh, yes. <clears throat> but... I have to say, Zach, uh, you know what? You got a little you got a little bit of something. What do I have? You know, oh, little, do little I have bit some of something in your beard? In you got beard? some peanut in your beard. Yeah, I've been eating peanuts. Um, it, you know, in case you haven't heard our lovely co-host Alexis, it's because she is zooming in from far away yeah, in Fresno. So, Alexis, so can you hear us? Away. <laughs> For those of you who are not familiar with California geography, Fresno is oh god, it's miles away. Miles and miles away. It's so far away. Three hour drive? Three, well, least, three and a half from where I least. live, but three hours from where your guys' apartment is. Three and a half? Two hours and 45 three minutes and for me when I'm driving. Half? Good God. And we have a little, we have a cameo today from Mitchie, Alexis's dog. You can't <laughs> hear her, audience, but I can see her on our Zoom, and I have to say, you're missing out. She is adorable. She's adorable. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Film Majors. Hi, Film Majors. How are you? We're all doing so good. <laughs> I'm Zach. <laughs> Hey, yo! I, my, Sorry, my I'm, I'm is, saying hello to the dog right now. My hey, name yo, is Boo. Great. My name is Zach. I'm Alexis. <laughs> and that's Mitchie. She's and, a good girl. And I'm Mick. Sorry, I'm so Mick. sorry. I feel like I feel like our audience has never heard the, my my pet the voice only before. person uh, who may Mick. actually be more in love with my dog than Mick even is my friend Sochi. <laughs> Oh, oh! Okay. I thought she. I don't know if she, she listens. Does not does she listen? listen? No, she does not. She doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, she. Oh, yeah, she doesn't like the boys. Uh, well, I've, I've got a. I, I, I guess I have something that I would ask her if she was listening. Sochi, would you yeah. ask her? I would, what's I would ask going her what's on? going on. Week. Yeah, I'll try next time. Okay. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, we're on episode 25. It's we're ultimately... Hey, it's that not reminds gonna... me, Zach, actually. I'm going to cut you off for a second. You know, now that we're on episode 25... Fucking why not? Uh, we are a quarter of the way there, folks. Yeah. We're almost to 100 episodes, kind of. Not really. But, yeah. you know, we're... Recorded the way that's cool. We, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. Next episode will be halfway to a year. Wow, because we've done this every single week. We that's haven't amazing. missed a week since we started. That's amazing. Gang, gang. I was talking to Zach before we recorded. Like some podcasts have off seasons. Like they'll have like season one of their podcast and they'll take a break, and then season two. But we are breakless. Yeah, we are breakless <laughs> wonder. We do not quit. <laughs> the film come hell or high water. <laughs> the film majors. We're, we're truly uh, staying true to that capitalist spirit. Yeah. Um, work it to the bone you know just <laughs> work. no, working working to yeah. the bone never taking a day yep. off well, um i know damn. that i just work as hard as i can to bring you that sweet sweet content just like Zach well, said. speaking yeah. of working as hard as you can okay i uh arrived here after just getting off work and you know for fans of the pod you might recall an episode uh you know i'd say coming up on four months back now where i mentioned that my catalytic converter was so stolen long. now it's been yeah that was four months ago it was it, next month it will be four months jesus oh yeah, yeah that's because kidney, we were all having car right? trouble i literally got rear-ended around that time remember 
Yeah, yeah, but that probably resolved itself, and this one continues. So yeah. this is all to say that uh, my very sweet, kind girlfriend, Sloane, has been lending me her car, but today she needed it. And, you know, it's her car. She has dibs. So I had to Uber back from work. And good Lord in heaven, my Uber driver... Not only did he take the slowest possible route to get back to our uh, fancy schmancy recording studio in the heart of Hollywood, L.A. Hollywood Hills, uh, technically. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> beautiful view. Yeah. Uh, but he also, you know, took the ride to uh, talk to me or really talk at me about everything from uh, how he believed his uh, sleep paralysis as a child was uh, really encounters with aliens, um, which honestly oh, was that. the best part of the conversation. Wow. He wait. noticed uh, the number 323 on the back of a semi-truck and was like, that number keeps coming up for me. And then he proceeded to talk about how, yeah, my, my friend gave me this really hard math problem, and then the answer was 323. Whoa. Uh, that's aliens <laughs> talking about how uh, you know he he's not sure why his uh, TV director uh, relative wouldn't give him a couple grand, but also talked about how he's uh, plays online poker extensively. Wow! <laughs> uh, and talked a whole lot about how much table tennis he plays. Wow! And let me just tell you guys. I didn't sleep good last night. I had some hot wings that were a little too hot, so my tummy was upset. Uh, oh, God. And this was not what I needed at the end of my workday, but it's what I got. So that's what was going on for me. Oh, that's a great story, Zach. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I just needed to get it off my That's chair. great. I, I mean, to be fair, you literally just got in right now. You have no one to tell. You told the audience of our show. Yes. That's great. Yes. I I, that. I was doing COVID testing today. I am wearing scrubs currently. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. A, oh, I thought you've been background extra lately in a hospital show and you keep showing up in scrubs. Uh, I would be getting paid way worse than I am right now. Oh, OK. <laughs> Mr. Moneybags money. over here. Not really. But, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> Um, cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, other than. <laughs> so that's what's going on with you. Yeah, other than my traumatic experience in the Uber. Uh, what uh, what films have we been watching, guys, if any? I feel like Alexis Wait, can, has seen can, more. Can, Take it away. Um, yeah, no, I have. Can I can I just say what I was dealing with this last week? Oh, please. Really do. quick. Share. Do share. So as some people may know, um, we've been hit, getting hit with that uh, sweet uh, rain <laughs> in Southern California, yeah, Southern California, uh, the, which I honestly do enjoy. To, oh, I, I enjoy it too. Um, except for the fact that I lived in, I was living in the Hills, so it's a little worse up there, like the wind and everything. So starting, so today's Monday, right? I, we're recording drove on Monday. down. Uh, yeah, we're recording on a Monday. I, so let me give you like the spiel since Friday, basically. So Friday, it was raining real fucking hard, right? Started like Thursday night at some point. I was enjoying it. I love the sound of rain. Um, but then at some point, like the power went out, like probably around like 10 or 11 in the morning. And then it just like went in and out, like intermittently throughout the day. Right. So, you know, made myself some food when the power was on. No big deal. Then at like 9 or 10 p.m., the power went out and I was like, no big deal. It'll come back on. <laughs> and then uh, I got up the next morning. 
It was in fact. Stop it. Um, it was in fact <laughs> a little bit not of dog on. action in the background. <laughs> Uh, and so then, uh, me and your roommate had plans to go watch a movie with somebody. So then we went and did that. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I saw the LA department water and power on my way, like coming down the hill, which it was hailing up there. Yeah. It hailed here too the other day. It looked like fucking Exodus with the way that it was like flooding the bottom, like the lower streets. Like when I was coming down the hill, Exodus, Gods and Kings, Ridley Scott. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Good God. Um, And uh, yeah, came home. Power was still off. So then uh, I, you know, I I stopped by the grocery store on my way home because I was like, well, if the power is off, I do need a snack because everything that I have left at my house because I'm leaving. So I didn't grocery shop this week, which was possibly a mistake. Uh, anyways, get home. Power's still off. Um, Grapevine is still closed. So I'm like, well, when am I going to be able to leave tomorrow? Don't know. When am I going to be, when am I going to be able to pack for this like extended trip that I'm taking home? Don't know. Cause there's no lights, no power, nothing on at my house. So get up the next morning. Power's still out. <laughs> Grapevine is still closed. It was supposed to open at like 11 AM. Didn't open until two or 3 PM. So couldn't even leave the house until 3 p.m. And uh, I had to get ready for the second time in the dark in my bathroom and pack everything with no lights and just a flashlight. Um, so it was great. I had a great time, guys. Wow, that's very <laughs> I, got, I got to Fresno at 9 p.m. yesterday. Um <laughs> Wow. Well, we're glad I'm, you I'm, made it safely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying the electricity. There was snow. Uh, that's the wow. whole reason why the grapevine was closed. There was snow um, in like, you know, the, some of the upper areas. Damn. Of the grapevine. Yeah. Right. You were in the Stone Ages there for a while. Welcome back to the 21st century. That's awesome. Oh, no. I also have like battery packs. So like I had a phone the whole time and I technically had service. So I just read fan fiction the whole time. Of course As you one did. Would. You yeah, really yeah, think, yeah, did. Did you really think good? Uh, I started a new story that <laughs> it's um, PETA's version of the Hunger Games, like all three books. And I'm like already halfway through the second book. So, wow. Very cool. Wonderful. Yeah, That's no, great. No electricity will do that for you. OK, cool. Well, uh, have any of us seen any new movies that we'd like to talk about or uh, old? Movies? I actually have seen one new movie. OK, uh, a 2023 Netflix release oh. called Your Place or Mine. Nice. Don't fucking watch it. Okay. It sucks. Uh, I have long been of the opinion that Ashton Kutcher is a uh, black hole from which no charisma can escape. And uh, he's not doing anything to disprove, dissuade me of that notion with no place, your place or mine, which is. Uh, I maintain that you need to watch Just Married. Uh, you know, at this point, he's 0 for 3 and, you know, three strikes, you're fucking out, Ashton Kutcher. Uh I, this is one of the most just like vacuous nothings of a movie that Netflix has ever churned out. It looks fake. Uh, No one seems to be in it in terms of their performances. And the screenplay feels like something that you would write if you were an undergrad who like just learned about story structure, where like it, it technically hits all of the right beats to like tell a story where characters grow and change. Uh, but it doesn't do anything more than that. And the characters don't discuss anything other than exactly what they are feeling or what will move the plot forward. Uh, 
So yeah, real bad movie, and I did not enjoy it, and I do not recommend it. Can't wait. I'll check it out. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Super. If you like being unhappy, you can watch Your Place or Mine. All right. Good. That was a great <laughs> uh, recommendation. But on Jack a lighter Harris. note, the other film that I watched this week was The Parent Trap, which Parent I found Trap. fucking the delightful. Trap. I've never seen that. I was shocked. Oh, my God, Mick. The Parent Trap. So to give some context to where I'm coming at The Parent Trap, which is a 1998 uh, family comedy starring Lindsay Lohan, for those who don't know, uh, I was not a Disney Channel kid. I did not grow up with, you know... Disney family films. I know what you're saying, Mick. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm looking believe at the poster, me. Like, I don't know if that's for believe me. me. I felt the exact same way. Uh, I you was guys fucking suck. I was expecting something around the level of quality of like, I don't know. I hate to say it, but maybe like Twitches or Hocus Pocus, which I do not like. This right. is this just this was like funded by Disney, but it wasn't just a Disney movie. This is a, a remake of a different uh, like movie from the 60s. Yeah, also called The yeah. Parent Trap. And it really in its best moments, it feels like a Neil Simon farce. Like, oh, really? It is, it is a comedy of misunderstandings. Oh, it's shot, yeah. It is shot by Dean Cundy, who was John Carpenter's cinematographer. Oh, wow. He shot The Thing, oh, wow. which weirdly shares the connection of also being a movie about identical imposters. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, he knows he, how to shoot that shit. Yeah, he shot Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He shot Jurassic Park. Uh, the score is by Alan Silvestri. Oh, we love Dennis him. Dennis Quaid is in it. We love him. And I, I was Natasha Richardson as well. Yeah, I was just I was really, really taken aback by how much I enjoyed this movie. It's genuinely very funny. Lindsay Lohan really it, this is her first screen role, I believe. Wow. Because the, the credits say and introducing Lindsay Lohan really <laughs> sells the fact that she's playing two different people. Like I <laughs> I genuinely really liked on a rewatch, dare I say, maybe even loved The Parent Trap. I thought it was wow. wonderful. I'll have to, as soon as you said Neil Simon-esque, that's, you got me hooked. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite writer, comedy writers, so yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm adding it to my watch list right now. Yeah. Cool. Great. So that's what I watched. Nice. That's awesome. Congrats on expanding your horizons, guys. Yeah, that's, that's great. I also, speaking of which, yeah, I expanded my horizons. Well, one movie I watched way earlier in the week, I think right after we're done recording uh, the last episode, was Of an Age, uh, that queer film uh, that you talked about briefly last time, Alexis. Uh, I checked mm -hmm. it out. It was really, really good. Had a great time. Uh, I know it's not the point of the film, but I could have done with some more ballroom dancing. Every time someone was dancing on screen, I was like, I love this. I, I, want I read more your review and I was like, this movie has literally actually mostly nothing to do with dancing. Yeah, I know. There's two <laughs> scenes. There's two scenes where there's dancing. And I was like, I'm loving these scenes. Let's give me more. Uh, but having said that, it was a really good time. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was really funny. It was really uh, it was really endearing. I would have enjoyed it a lot more if the two girls sitting behind me weren't constantly joking and accepted a phone call at the end on speaker. Not a great thing to do at a theater. Uh, just saying, just saying, let it let it go to voicemail, folks. And then uh, right before we started recording uh, this episode, I finally watched that Korean film I've been wanting to see for years, Burning. Oh, wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. Isn't Steven Yeun in that? Steven, I didn't know that until I started watching it. The Steven Yeun is in it. I went into this movie knowing absolutely nothing. And I recommend you do the same thing. Um, I was expecting it to be this heart-wrenching thing. And I was going to be, you know, super emotional, all this stuff. I did not get that. It, it is a uh, uh, very dark mystery it's great i really recommend it. it's beautiful the acting is fantastic and it's one of those movies that really makes you question what the hell is real you know like what it is what i'm being presented as a viewer actually what's going on and hey what's going on what's going and on? um yeah no i i really recommend it i've been wanting to watch that for a very long time so i ch- i recommend you check out burning folks it's on amazon prime right now wonderful you noise. You know what else we all watched right after we recorded was uh, Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which uh, I enjoyed. Yeah, didn't didn't like it as much as Happy Together. Uh, yeah, I didn't love it, but I liked it. Another gorgeous movie. Christopher Doyle, cinematographer, fucking phenomenal work. Yeah, Alexis. What about yeah. you? What have you seen? Uh, you know, uh, my side note is just that I think I liked In the Mood for Love more than I liked uh, Happy Together. <gasps> really? Yeah. Please. Please, please stop, guys. And why is that? Please, please get along. Oh, my There's God. There's dog business going Sorry, on. I'm, I'm, I'm talking There's to There's two dogs dog. now. No, no, let's give them a play-by-play of this. Oh, God. Okay, so we see Michi. Michi's yeah. wearing a little sweater, which is really cute. They're both wearing sweaters. Oh, no, yeah. they Cookie, are both. Cookie's still wearing, like, one of her Christmas sweaters. Um, my Michi's wearing, like, a, a teal, like, little uh, hoodie. <laughs> I, I love the picture you're painting. um yeah basically mitchie always hangs out in this living room area this is like her thing um cookie is more of like a backyard dog she sleeps with the other dogs in a different room so me being here cookie wants to come in and like hang out and be like hey um and (laughs) and mitchie's like hey bitch you're encroaching on my territory (laughs) yeah no for sure um yeah but yeah, no, I, I liked uh, In the Mood for Love more than I liked uh, Happy Together. I think I just like visually there were some elements that I, I found more appealing. I was actually kind of bored in the beginning of like Happy Together while it was still like the black and white. Hmm. Okay. So, um, Can- yeah. But uh, the one other movie, because like at this point, I don't even know. Like, I think we recorded on Monday. I think I had Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday to be by myself. And I don't I don't know that I really even watched anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't have power for three days. So. Wow. <laughs> um, but uh, I watched a, a Thai movie called Bad Genius um, with your roommate and one of our new friend. And uh, it was really good. What's it called? Uh, it's a movie from like 2017. And it's basically like. Uh, What's it called I don't again? Know if you've ever- Bad Genius. Bad Genius. Um, I don't know if you've ever like seen the movie from like the early 2000s with fucking Chris Evans. Um, it's called The Perfect Score. Oh, but they, I like, basic that played on some DVD that I owned like consistently. I yeah, I, th- not not like the best movie or Scarlett anything, Johansson's you know? in that too, right? ScarJo is in that, yes. Um, so it's basically like a group of people and they're trying to like get the answers to the oh, SATs because they want to get a yeah. perfect score or something, right? Yeah. Um. But so Bad Genius is about like uh, this scholarship student who starts at this like kind of prestigious school and a lot of the other kids are like rich and she actually devises this way for like them to kind of like cheat off of her and she gets paid for it. Um, 
and then like the third act is like really really like it feels like a heist movie actually it was so much heist film that's all you had to say heist we love it big time into that yeah so that's it that's that's uh that is that oh i watched a short film called tattoo from uh so uh iran i think um, and it's about an Iranian woman who's applying to it's like a 15 minute movie and uh, she's applying to get her driver's license. Um, well, to renew it. And uh, they notice that she has like a tattoo on her hand and they ask, start asking her like all these invasive questions. And it just kind of snowballs. And it's just like it kind of just like maybe paints a picture of like uh, bodily autonomy for women in Iran and stuff like that. Oof. So it was, I, I really liked it. It's called tattoo. It's from uh, 2019, I believe. Nice. nice. Great year for film. As we've discussed. Indeed. In fact, tattoo to that list started this whole podcast off. One might say, That's go right. ahead and uh, go back and listen to those episodes. Why don't you, you really should listen to all of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, please Do give it. us that engagement for us. Um, <laughs> I have a little bit of film industry news. Oh, do you? Uh, the sa- do you Since we're recording on Monday, the SAG Awards happened last night. Oh. Uh, they did. Yes. Uh, and I think the thing that I want to shout out is uh, because Everything Everywhere All at Once won, uh, I believe, Best Ensemble. It won big at the mm-hmm. SAG Awards. Um, nice. For one thing, Mark Wahlberg announced that award. And uh, if you know anything about Mark oh, Wahlberg's really? personal oh, history, having him hand an award to a cast of mostly Asian people is a fucking interesting choice. That is interesting. Um, but I don't want to talk about Mark Wahlberg. I want to talk about the person who spoke for, I believe, the longest when the ensemble accepted the award. And that is Mr. James Hong. And James Hong <laughs> is a goddamn national... Decades long treasure. Nice. Uh, (laughs) He's been in so many movies. My personal favorite performance of his, he plays the dad in everything everywhere all at once. And he's 94. Uh, My personal favorite performance of his is in big trouble in little China, where he plays the villain. uh, And he is fucking incredible in that movie. He's so funny. Yeah. Uh, He's great. Most people of like our age probably know him as the voice of Poe's dad in Kung Fu Panda. I was introduced to him from the uh, Chinese restaurant episode of Seinfeld. That's another thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah, he's just been doing great work for 70 years. Uh, Isn't he in Norbit? Uh, maybe I've never seen Norbit. I I should know this because I was obsessed with that film in middle <laughs> school, and I cannot confirm nor deny that. That's too bad. Um, yeah, but he uh, in his speech he mentioned that his first movie was with Clark Gable. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Holy shit! Um, yeah, so that was just a little bit of uh, film news. For those that of you I who don't know who Clark mention. Gable is, he starred in Gone with the Wind. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, just had to a, throw that out there. Yeah, it was a Best Picture winner in the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, good for him. I have not watched anything from the SAG Awards. Uh, probably won't. But still, that's great to hear that th- th- they do well. Th- 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 the yeah, every, people do well. People got people, awards. Yeah, people, people okay. won awards. That's great. Good for them. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Okay, that's great. I, you know, honestly, you know, usually we're rattling off a lot of movies that we've seen. I consciously have taken a break from films. I, uh, I've gotten kind of tired of them just a little bit, which is weird <laughs> for the host of the film majors uh-oh. to say. 
I got tired of it, so I decided to catch up on reading and uh, some TV that I've been sleeping on. And uh, I finally started True Detective. I'm at episode two, and I finally checked out The Sopranos, and I'm now at episode two. Ah, you're caught up with me. I'm caught up with you. I and also I'm I'm now in my uh, mid twenties, which yeah. means that I have to start getting into. In your mid or late twenties, you have to start watching it's The a Sopranos. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah, I I've I, reached that point. I've been thinking about it for a while. You started doing it. I caught a couple of scenes. I'm like, God, that looks really good. And I have to say, I'm going to go on record and saying this. Uh, I'm like I said, episode two of True Detective and episode two of The Sopranos. I am way more interested in going back to The Sopranos. Wow, the True Detective is not hooking me. Sopranos is wow. I, I I had to like not play episode three because I was like, oh, we're gonna watch it together. So I stopped. But then I also one quick thing I'll add. I it's probably gonna drive you two crazy, but uh, I watched season five of Formula One Drive to Survive, <laughs> and great season. Not my favorite, but uh, Alexis, this is especially for you. If anyone here, any of our listeners, is like really into twinks, like the aesthetic. Or just them as a people. Yeah, um, especially for you, Alexis. Yeah, you especially heard, you, yeah, Alexis. You what, where, where are we going with this? <laughs> Watch Drive to Survive. Because, oh my God, that show is chocked full of super hot, like 20, 21-year-old <laughs> European Formula One drivers. And they, oh, are, they are gorgeous. I'm, I'm sorry. I, they're Not gorgeous. even twinks can entice me to <laughs> really? watch Drive to Survive. You know, Alexis, listen to this. Okay. When I, our, I was watching it in our roommate because that's what we're calling him now. Our roommate walked in our and me so watching it. Roommate. And he was like, why do you watch this? And I told him, it's like, it has a lot of twinks in it. And he's, he's like watching it with me. And then he looks at me. He's like, God damn it. You're right. Fuck. I can't watch okay. this. But you do forget you and Enrique, you and your roommate have like <laughs> literally had multiple conversations about cars. He actually is a car person. Yeah, and, and he's a twink that. person. As am I. <laughs> and you we're know, both hooked. I have to commend you, Mick, on really trying to Ensnare Alexis in this I, show. I want her to by, watch Formula One by, so by bad. coming at it from oh my god, you know something that might appeal to her. But you know, Alexis, you stay strong out there. I'm also not a car person. I don't give a shit. You know what? She yeah. she is. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna rat you out right now, Alexis. I'm sorry to do this on the on the recording, but we I, went to the car museum together, I'm... and she had a good time. She had a good time. Wow. Alert the presses. I had a fun time in a museum. At a car museum. And you were taking pictures. Wow. And you were calling your dad. You were like, oh, my God, this is the car my dad used to drive. I should talk to him about Guys, it. It a, was really cool that she reconnected with her with her past. I have, a, seeing a, car I have a question. I, I appreciated that. I have a question. What is it? At nighttime, did the cars come to life? No. That's Fuck. Night at the Museum with Ben Steeler. Okay. Sorry. I get those two mixed Too up. Too bad. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it with me. We should... Yeah, great. Uh, so you know what? Are we going to wrap up what's going on? Hey. And we're back. And we're back, folks. Hey, we that missed you. a short little break. So we're starting a, a new themed month. Are we? We sure are. Well, no one told me. Well, guess what? I'm going to notify you right now, pal. Nobody told me nothing. It's time for Academy Darlings Month. Oh. Yes, it's time to look back on some films that were, uh, you know, recognized or, or perhaps snubbed by the Academy Awards. Uh, and today we're, uh, we're going to be starting that out by talking about our uh, favorite history-making Oscar wins. Oh, uh, good. Both of the films we're talking about today feature one. Oh. So. That's, oh, wow. 
Yeah. I love that. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. We're going to learn something. I'm having fun. You're going to learn today. This is great. It's nice when one person doesn't do the research. Oh, yes. Well, you know, it was my turn. I had a lot of time today at work. Uh, so what are, what are some of our favorite, uh, history making Oscar wins? Uh, well, I think I'm going to start just because I don't, I really, I don't really have a favorites really. There's only one, like I I thought about like, can I look up like famous Oscar wins and then try to pick my favorite? No, I'm not going to do that because I already have a favorite and that's Parasite from 2019. It was a great moment. It was a great moment. I mean, uh, it's. It's one of those things where um, sometimes if I'm in the mood for a good cry, I'll go onto YouTube. This is true. And I will watch Korean people reacting live to that award ceremony and just seeing their reaction to Bong Joon-ho win Best Director. Uh, They won Best International Picture. They won Best Original Screenplay. And they won Best picture overall the big one the big one one. they won those big four and it was fantastic and seeing their reactions to it is amazing it's like watching people watch the world cup i mean people are crying and they're cheering and screaming and jumping up it's fantastic i I remember when they won that it's just so beautiful i think it was when Pong Juno won Best Director. He gave a shout out to Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino, if I recall correctly. Yep. And it's just, it was just such a, I don't know. I just loved it. I loved seeing them all just fucking sweep that ceremony and just having such a great fucking time. And then afterwards, apparently they all went out and had great fucking food together in K-Town. Fuck yeah. (laughs) And I still want to go to the restaurant where they all went to. Oh, do you know what it was? uh, I forget the name of the restaurant, but apparently a a friend of mine told me about it. There's this uh, like the soft shell crab soy dish that's only like a delicacy over in Korea. And usually it's like something the grandma makes. not something you get at restaurants. They have a restaurant in K-Town that makes it. And apparently if you go, there's like this big picture on the wall of the entire Parasite cast and the owners of the restaurant like all just like posing together having a good old time that fucking rules so that's that's my favorite again i i re-watched that award ceremony on youtube and when i went to the academy museum it showed clips of that movie winning and it, and it got me emotional just watching it so that's I, my favorite i don't think i got to that part of the museum i've they might have changed i don't know that's, yeah well i, I no. missed a couple levels i was only there for like five hours Huh. You missed a couple <laughs> levels for five I hours. I recently went back to the Academy Museum, um, and I believe that that is actually something that does not change, is the Academy Room. Um, oh. So that gotcha. is always there. So you can catch it. It's still there. There we go. Oh, yeah, that is something else I had going on. I went to the Academy Museum for the first time, oh, yeah. which is something I might want to mention at the start of Academy Month. But we're not in what's wait. going on anymore, so no, you can't talk about it. I can't talk about it anymore. I can't talk about it anymore. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Did did you go sit in the in the music room? Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah! I get so upset when people like come in and they start talking or they're just yeah. like, I can't see, and I'm like, you fucking cunts! That's Shut the whole the fuck fucking off. point of the fucking room. Get the fuck out! Um, what song were they playing when you were in there? Oh my god, I think they were. Was it the Joker? Yeah, they were playing. Okay, still uh, playing that. Hilder. Oh my god, I'm gonna butcher her last Bruno's name. So daughter. I'm not- Thank you. Something yeah. like that. They they played her score. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Alexis, history-making Academy Award wins. Rattle them off, yo. Um. Well, I mean, like, I guess, you know, I'll be honest. I guess I didn't really, like, 
I think of like Rita Moreno, of course, you know, because she's the first like Latin American woman to like win for like Best Supporting Actress. Um, I think of like Hattie McDaniel, who won for Best Supporting Actress. She was the first black woman to win for that um, for Gone Gone with with the the Wind. Wind. Um, I love that because she says like uh, something like, oh, I'd rather I'd rather play a maid than be a maid. Um, And I think she's just like kind of saying that, like, you know, she's just like she's she's very happy to be here and like to have the opportunity. Um, She's a very good actress. So, I mean, like, obviously wish she had more opportunity than just to play a fucking maid. Um, Alexis, have you seen Gone with the Wind? Yes, I have. I saw it in the eighth grade, actually. Um you, am I, you the, seen it am I the one person here who hasn't seen it? You should watch it. It's it's, it's incredible. It's an epic. I yeah, mean, okay. it is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I've just you know the the subject and matter the music of, is so good of too. you know uh, poor white people at the end of the Civil War. Like, they're not you know, poor. They, they're the rich white yeah, people no, from but the they, south. Oh, it's, but they're losing. They're losing their way of life. Oh no. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I, like, know. I, I I get it. It's a product of its time, and it's a classic. I will watch it. It's just that's that's probably why I've avoided it. Um, it's on I'm the shelf. I will. I'll watch just so that I can see Vivian Leigh do this. <laughs> the yeah. eyebrow, just like yeah. that, that iconic like eyebrow She's raise. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and good. also, she has like the most snatched waist in like film <laughs> cinema history. Like, I think she had like a size like a twenty. I don't know, like a twenty four, twenty five inch. Like, it's it tiny. looks unhealthy. Um, yes. Sure. You, yeah. You but, I mean, and McGregor she, she was a very, in train she was a very style person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you and McGregor in train spotting might have given her a run for her money. Yeah, also That's true. Though, he was very also beautiful. on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he is so fucking pretty in that movie. He's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, as a skinhead, <laughs> he's not a skinhead. He's a heroin addict. He's Irish. Okay, he's well, Scottish he like in the movie. He's Irish. He no, he's Scottish in the movie. Well, British. <laughs> he's Scottish. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was a was it Twelve Years Slave that won. Um, one year, and uh, I think wasn't that the first year that a a, a black director ever won? Uh, the director didn't win. It was the first Best Picture winner directed by a black director. Okay, Steve, well, Steve one, McQueen. And then uh, my other one was um, oh yeah, uh, Midnight Cowboy, only mm. X-rated movie to ever win Best, best oh, Picture. Oh really? Yeah, that's cool as fuck. That's very yeah. cool. And I mean, like, it's literally like, I mean, obviously we wouldn't bat an eye at it today, but I mean, for the time, it's like a fucking like a male prostitute is uh, trying to hustle in New York. And there's all this kind of like uh, subversive kind of like stuff pointing to the fact that like maybe he might be gay or something like that. It might be a little queer. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, that. Uh, Aiko Inishura, what's her name? Fuck. Let me look it up really quick. Are you talking about the costume oh, designer? Yes, the costume designer for uh, I, Dracula. Yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, so costume designer for that, and then... um, Go back and listen to our Dracula episode, why don't you? It's a good one. Eminem won for Lose Yourself in like 2001, (laughs) and it's like the only rap song at that that point that had ever won for Best Original Song. And uh, let me tell you, in my house, me and my sister Natalie, we fucked hard with 8 Mile. (laughs) Hi, my name is Eminem, your girl, she won an Eminem, so I give her an Eminem, an Eminem, an Eminem. His name was (laughs) B-Rabbit. Oh man! Oh god! Wow, that was beautiful. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Oh, what about me? Yeah, Jordan Peele, man, come on. What did he win for? He won. uh, He's the first African American to win Best Original Screenplay. Oh, super cool. 
I mean, anytime a horror movie gets recognized oh, alone, absolutely. I'm over the moon because uh, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say Daniel Day-Lewis winning the third Academy Award for Best Actor for Lincoln. Did he cobble that together? He cobbled it together. <laughs> he cobbled himself together. You know, he uses words. his three Oscars to put on his shoes on top of as he cobbles it. I honestly, if he does that, I... I can forgive him for being a cobbler because that's that's a hilarious image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait! I had one other thing. Uh, uh, fucking Return of the King. Oh um, yeah, sweeping the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Tied for the most Oscar. Yeah. Tied for the most Oscar wins ever. Which also, what's yeah. it tied with? Do we know? Uh I want to say Titanic is one of them. Wow. Um, yeah. No, Boatslay. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, Boatslay, absolutely. Um, I want to shout out uh, a few things. One is The Apartment, which is uh, has the I distinction of uh, the first person to win Oscars for Best Director, Best Screenplay, and Best Picture for I've one film. I've never seen that. It's, it's a so great good. film. Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, directed by Billy yeah. Wilder. Oh, it's really that's, fucking good. I think that's on my list, actually. Uh, I would like to shout out the first science fiction film to be nominated for Best Picture, which is A Clockwork Orange, which is a wonderful movie. It's still crazy to me. At the bottom of my list. It's on my list, but at the bottom. And the list keeps growing longer. I really also have never seen that. You should watch it. It's fantastic. I Um, know. It's it's on my list. I mean, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, watch it to have a super fun day. Uh, But it is it is a pretty great movie. Yeah. and uh, the first sequel to win Best Picture. I don't know. The Godfather Part oh, 2. Oh, Godfather Part 2. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a great picture. Oh, my God. Actually, I, I, I don't know if this was... Uh, this was probably still up when you went, but The Godfather was one of the uh, um, attractions at the Academy Museum. That yes, was so I was about cool. to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent... Part of the reason I didn't get to the whole museum is I spent a long time in the Godfather room. Yeah, yeah that's Just awesome. Soaking it in. Film history. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, I also love Moonlight winning Best Picture because it was robbing La La Land because everyone thought it was La La Land that won. Yeah, that was an incredible moment. I know. I still have not seen La 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 Land. Land, I probably won't. About jazz with no black people in it. (laughs) Listen, it's about white people saving jazz. It's what we do. It's amazing. Thank you, Damien Chazelle. God, what a great, great moment that was. What, me saving jazz just now? Uh, no. Oh. Moonlight winning Best Picture. Just the audience reaction to that is great. Yeah, so a little bit of uh, Zach Oscar-watching trivia. I've only actually watched the Oscars recently in uh, 2017 when that happened. Oh, you're talking about and, Will Smith? And last year yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, which, side note, we can let him back to the Oscars. I think we're far enough out now that we can all admit that it was funny and he's allowed. It's. I still think it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's funny though. Yeah, it's it's weird. it's funny. I think he should be allowed back. Um, <laughs> I have no opinion on it. So uh, yeah, well, I think that pretty much covers. So our... why are we talking about historic Oscar-winning things here? What, 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 how does this relate to what? To what we are watching. Oh, Bring well, it on Nick, home, Zachy boy. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. We are discussing both of the cinematic versions of West Side Story. Ooh. 1961 and 2021. Uh, 
Which, for the record, uh, was my idea to watch these. And as our listeners know, I don't like musicals. So I uh, kind of treated this like exposure therapy. And um, I'm just going to leave it at that. And then after you're done reading the synopsis, we can go into how we felt. Yes. So uh, I'm just going to read the synopsis of one of these because they are they're so the same story. Uh, Love at first sight strikes when young Tony spots Maria at a high school dance in 1957 New York City. Their burgeoning romance helps to fuel the fire between the warring jets and sharks, two rival gangs vying for control of the streets. Uh, so, yeah, the 2021 version is the first film we are uh, covering at length from Mr. Steven Spielberg. Lovely. And the 1961 version is directed by Jerome Robbins and Robert Weiss. Uh, Jerome Robbins directed the musical numbers. He was the director and choreographer of the original Broadway production. And Robert Weiss was... Uh, you know, a film director who came in and directed, uh, as one might say, the talkie bits. Right. So I, I know you both are probably very, have, probably know a lot about the Alexis. You're humming while we're recording, bro. Well, it's okay. Sorry. We can cut that out. God damn. This is not in the room. This we is going to be it. great audio <laughs> later on. Uh, I'm sure you both know a lot more than I do about this. I really didn't do research on this because I want to learn from you guys. But so this started off as a stage production, right? And then it got a adaptation for film yes okay uh, I, I did no research so this is all up to zacky boy uh, oh okay. fuck okay i mean i did research but i did it today and i was tired so we'll see this is gonna be one of those episodes <laughs> we'll see how i well, do you know what audience audience participation do some research for yeah, us yeah crack they, a google they, look they, you they, fucking I'm nerds sure based on like where we started nobody necessarily comes here because <laughs> we're like the most researched fucking podcast yeah you want a podcast yeah. that does research listen to all the other ones yeah that's true <laughs> yeah so it, it was a stage production uh, as i said directed by jerome robbins uh it is an adaptation of romeo and juliet and it ah, had sort of a love. long and troubled road to the Broadway stage. Uh, originally, it was a script uh, about a, uh, Italian Catholics and Jews fighting in New York. Oh, that would have uh, been funny. I thought it was Irish Catholics and Jews. Even funnier. Okay, sure. I'm, maybe I just have Italians on the brain. Um, I've, been, I've been watching The Sopranos. Um, That's such but a yeah, it. Uh, it sort of changed and morphed throughout its production until it arrived at the version that uh, came to the stage and the screen a few years later, which is about a gang of, uh, I believe it's a combination of uh, Irish whites and Polish whites and a gang of Puerto Ricans fighting uh, for control of territory on the west side of New York, which... Uh, Comes to kind of the central problem with the original film. It's good setup. Is yeah, I had never seen either of these films before, and ever. Uh, Mick, how did you how did you feel upon uh, seeing the first film? The first film is hilarious. Again, I think it's funny. Uh, it's hard for me to take it seriously. Um, I thought it's gorgeous. Beautiful film, really, really well shot. Uh, but every time they start singing, I'm like, God damn it! Oh, so they're gonna they're gonna sing through this part? 
Okay, let's do this. Let's get let's get it let's get it over with. Um, yeah, and the uh, the brown face. There it is. The brown face is uh, distracting, to put it mildly. Uh, but you know what? It's you know it's a fucking movie of its time. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I can still appreciate it for what it is. Um, the choreography, beautiful. I love the choreography. Uh, but I, you know, no spoilers here. But I far preferred the remake for many reasons. Uh, Alexis, what's your relationship to West Side Story? I mean, I'm a theater kid. I think it just kind of came with the territory that at some point I would have watched West Side Story, and um, honestly. I fucking love Leonard Bernstein. I love his music. It's his so fucking gorgeous. His fantastic. Yeah. I, I, you thought I was joking when I said this, but I was like, did they ever release this soundtrack without any of the lyrics? Because I just love the score. The score is amazing. So here's a little... You don't like the score, Alexis? Why are you put, no, put your fingers in your tongue? No, I'm just listening to you talk. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> you're ragging on the singing, man. Why? Yeah, this, yeah, yeah but I'm so saying the score is good. Also... So, but this, I'm agreeing with you. The score is good. I love the music. Sure, Just not but the I'm lyrics. talking about all of it together. So. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, so here's a little tidbit about Leonard Bernstein's involvement. Uh, Leonard Bernstein actually co-wrote a good chunk of the songs with Stephen Sondheim. Um, eventually, it was kind of decided that Sondheim did more significantly more work on the lyrics to the point where... Bernstein was like, okay, I don't need to be credited as a co-lyricist. But uh, yeah, a lot of the lyrics uh, were done uh, in collaboration with Bernstein. Uh, but I, I do agree. The score is fucking incredible. Yeah. Where I don't agree is that the singing in the original film works less than the quote-unquote talky bits. Because to me... I find they, they stop acting. I, I find the acting in this film very strange and, and stilted. Um, and it feels like a bunch of Broadway performers, which a lot of them well, were uh, playing to the cheap seats. I'm and glad. when they're when they're unconstrained and get to sing, that's when the movie works the most for me. That's interesting. Uh, obviously, we disagree, but uh, I will agree that the talky bits in the original aren't great, but I'll take what I can get. Uh, and I also like that you said that the, that the singing and the, the, the talky bits were directed separately because it shows. I think, uh, again, it, it feels like, okay, they're doing a scene, they have dialogue to get through, and then the beat starts, and now suddenly they're all acting differently, like, okay, they're all on stage doing musical theater. It just doesn't, doesn't quite work for me. Again, the choreography in isolation works, the music I enjoy, but it just didn't, it just seems like they're going into, oh, now we're in show tune mode. The, the remake doesn't do that. It's very consistent throughout. Alexis, what are your feelings? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, in general, I, I think I watched West Side Story, the original one, so early that um, it just has a special place in my heart. Um, I love the choreography. I just and I. I I don't know what exact I, you know, I, I actually don't see, I guess, what you're saying of them playing to the cheap seats. Um, but I do see that they are playing as if this is more of like a stage itself. But I don't mind that. I've never minded movies that kind of do that. And I think that goes to say for like some of the themes that like you don't like that are like kitchen sink dramas. Like I don't mind things that seem more like a stage play in cinema. Like I don't mind um, that, I guess. I don't know. Um, so. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel that the new one is uh, more cinematic. It does like a lot of very specific um, lighting choices. But I think that in the original, a lot of the colors that they chose for like the backgrounds and everything also does a lot. Uh, for, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, choices to like kind of portray like violence or passion and all these different things, like all the red that's, you know, used as like a backdrop or like lighting transitions or like, you know, when, when they're doing the um, the dance at the school, like all of the all of the walls around them are red. Oh, okay. I, I want to talk about that scene too. Because uh, my favorite sequence visually, I think in both movies, is the dance in yeah. the gym. Yeah. Uh, I love how, I think my, obviously, as you were saying, the red backdrops of the gym are gorgeous. I really love how when Tony and Maria first meet uh, in the 1961 film, uh, everything grows soft on the sides, and then you the background shifts into this black yeah, backdrop. That was That's really cool. With so all of these yeah. multicolored lights. Yeah. yeah. However, you also have motherfucking Steven Spielberg letting loose and shooting a dance sequence, having people leaning into frame as the camera zooms yeah. down across their legs, kicking their legs into frame. It's, it's gorgeous. He feels like yeah. he is having such a blast. I will say, I think they're both equally beautiful visually in their own way. Uh, I think the, the the modern one is absolutely dripping. It's so, so beautiful. And the old one too is just, it has that epic scale to it um there's that uh that youtube channel that is no longer with us the every frame of painting that has talked about how there are famous directors now who tr have tried to emulate um west side story that one of them they talk about is michael bay uh shoots low up top seeing everything really big scale that's partly why i was really interested in seeing this film is to just see how they capture everything Again, it's it is so beautiful. It is really, really, really gorgeous. Um, yeah, I uh, I again, I, I was just really taken aback by the, the visuals of this. And yeah, this, that's all I have to say on that, really. But. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed the original because, um, you know, obviously like the the cameras and like the ability to like move a camera is not going to be the same. Like there are certain restrictions of like how you're even like able to like, you know, they, I think, you know, they had cranes, you know, but they didn't have like, you know, like steady cam, you know, like all sorts of different things that like we have now, you know, they did have and cranes, but the operator was actually on the end of the crane going up and down. Not a lot of people know that, but that's oh. why it couldn't be so fast because the camera operator is actually on the end of the crane, still operating the camera. Seems, you have to seems haul not a safe. whole dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I enjoy the because I was, you know, noticing I didn't get to finish the the older one because I was like, well, if I'm going to watch one, we have time to watch one of them. I'll watch the newer one because I haven't seen that one. Um, but it's it's very interesting that like despite the fact that obviously like you're able to have so much more camera movement in the new one, like I'm not bored by any means by um, the kind of limited locations that they do. I actually kind of like that because I'm like, Oh, now I, all I'm doing is focusing specifically on the choreography and I mm. love the choreography. Um, so for me, that works. Um, I really enjoyed the color palettes in the new one, mm -hmm. but I mean, like for me, it's just like, they're just different, you know, like, I guess uh, with all the restrictions of the old one, I'm able to just kind of like sit and just enjoy the dancing itself. 
um, which I don't know. I guess that maybe that is distracting, as it, you kind of said, like, Zach, for them to just like feel like they're just in a stage play, like where they're just like kind of going from talking bits to going back into like the actual dancing and music production part of it. I, I think it's an issue with the performances during the talking bits. I just I don't I I, I don't find them particularly believable broadly. I uh, I think the acting's just different. Again, like in yeah. the new one, when the, the the main thing I notice in the remake is when the, the the singing starts, they continue to act and give a performance. Like they're very much acting out the emotion that Which they're I singing. Which I think is what in the good original theater does. Oh, absolutely, I agree. But in the original, you go from talky 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 to now suddenly their acting style just changes completely. Now they're in their yeah. show tune mode. And that's kind of what took me out of it a little bit. But one more thing I'll add really quickly that I really like about the first one is the set design very much feels, and I mentioned this to you, Zach, feels like a theatrical production. I like how it very much feels like it's shot on a soundstage. Sometimes I really like the aesthetic, especially if you're you know trying to do musical theater on film. I love it when it feels like you're in a black box where it feels like you are looking up at a stage, just the way it's lit, it's theater lighting. It's almost like if the camera would move too far this way, you'd see these giant red curtains. I really like how they captured that, but it's so different in the modern one, uh, which we'll go into, because, you know, they actually, it looks like they shoot on location. And they have, do, yeah. They have the, um, the benefit of green screen, all that stuff. But yeah, I think what's really nice, as someone who had never seen either of them, was they both one doesn't replace the other. They both stand alone on their own merit. And I like that. In other words, they did a really good job of paying respects to the original uh, with with the remake. So you can still go back to it and get your own stuff from it. Yeah, I think for me, um, and I might actually like, this might be in agreement with something that like you've said, Zach, is that I don't think that they knew how to properly um, in the old one to like, shoot the talking bits um that is a good like in a way to segue between like all these scenes because in the new one they use a lot of movement while they're talking they use a lot of like uh showing the location and um you know all these different things whereas like you know in the in the older one you know it's very stationary when you get to the talking bits there's not as much uh going on and i mean in general there's not a lot of like movement obviously other than like maybe like crane shots in the old one so i think that that kind of makes sense you know so that's something that i enjoyed about the new one is the the element of movement that doesn't make it feel like it's a stage play but the very interesting thing is that it feels almost more like it's lit like a stage play in certain parts in the new one like specifically like when he's walking and he's talking and he's uh doing uh maria yeah. And he goes to the basketball court and then there's just the little lights and it literally looks like yeah. there's stage there's hands lighting yeah. from the windows. Um, yeah, so, it's, you know, they're both the, so beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's the stadium lighting of the basketball court going on, but it's absolutely meant to evoke yeah. state. Like it, it makes mm-hmm. like such a pronounced sound too. Yeah. like. Yeah, they turn on very specifically. Yeah. Spielberg is very much drawing attention to that and making yeah. you yeah. think about how this is, you know, a big I, Broadway musical. I do prefer the old versions um, dance scene where they do the section of the mambo. Um, 
I just I don't know. It feels sexier in the old version. Oh, uh, I disagree. Interesting. I disagree. I <laughs> is that the high school dance? Yes. Is that, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like the dance fight. I really I really enjoy the um the 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 choreography that they have like through like before and like after that. But like the very the section where they start the mambo. I just it looks I I like Rita Moreno and like their kind of like movement I guess much better in the choreography. It's a si- very Ooh. similar choreography, but it looks sexier. Yeah, and and yeah. they and made a point to not reuse uh, Jerome Robbins' choreography, which has kind of been the standard in productions of West Side Story. Yeah, uh, they there are moments where they kind of quote it. The noticeable one for me is uh, when Tony and Maria first meet and they're kind of walking oh, around each snap, other and snap. lifting yeah. their arms and snapping yeah. that that's in the original as well. But broadly they really don't uh, reuse the choreography, uh, but it still kind of evokes the same feeling. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up uh, Rita Moreno because I'm realizing that I didn't talk about uh, why these two movies uh, made history. Obviously, you brought up that Rita Moreno was the first Latin American woman to win Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Ariana DeBose was the first openly queer woman of color to win Best Supporting Actress, also for playing Anita, which... Hmm. Now that's awesome. I didn't know that is where I'd like to pivot into a bit of film trivia. What do Anita Vito Corleone and the Joker all have in common? Vito Corleone. You said, yeah. Uh, the character or Marlon Brando. No, the character, the character Vito Corleone. And what else? The Joker, Anita and the Joker. It beats me. I didn't nothing. Those are the only three roles where two actors have won Oscars for playing the same character. Two. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Marlon Brando oh, cool. and uh, Robert, Robert De Niro De- both De Niro, won yeah. for Vito Corleone. Heath Ledger and uh, Joaquin Phoenix both won for playing the Joker, which is hysterical to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, Rita Moreno and Ariana DeBose both won for playing Anita. That's great. Cool. That's super yeah. cool. That's, uh, that's so a Anita, that's, a, that's an award-winning role right there. Yeah. So if we get a third West Side Story, best of luck whoever plays that. Yeah. All eyes on you, buddy. As they say, Um, I would like to pivot a little bit into a few changes that are made in the uh, 2021 movie that I I really enjoy. And I I think deepen the text. There's one in particular I really like Um, because the thing that Spielberg kind of puts a finer point on is that this isn't just a territorial conflict. This is a racial conflict Mm -hmm. and it's a racial conflict exacerbated by you know class conditions and how these poor white kids are you know conditioned to hate puerto ricans who have basically the same material conditions as them uh but it behooves the wealthier whites for these people who have a lot materially in common to fight amongst themselves. That's how it works. Uh, Yeah. That's how they do it. Um, And a few changes that I I really enjoy that they make are uh, they really do make the Jets an antagonistic white supremacist gang and the Sharks a 
group that's yeah. defending their neighborhood. And the character that I really think throws that into relief is Chino. Yeah. Who's the guy who kills Tony at the end of spoilers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Romeo and Juliet. One of them dies. Um, and uh, <laughs> Chino in the original uh, 1961 movie is just another member of the Sharks. In the Spielberg movie, he's kind of the one guy from San Juan Hill who's he's like sort Tony. of upward. Yeah, he's he's, he's upwardly mobile, and, and arguably he's a lot more upwardly mobile than Tony. Yeah, uh, he's going to school. Yeah. He's learning to repair ironing machines, and Bernardo does not want him in the Sharks, uh, and you know Chino wants to join because it's a noble vocation defending the other Puerto Ricans in the neighborhood. And Bernardo says, no, it's stupid. We got to do it, but it's stupid. Um, so that's, that's one change that I, I really enjoy. Yeah. The other one is, uh, casting Rita Moreno in the film again. Yeah. This time as the Valentina who yeah. runs doc's drugstore in the original film. Doc's just, you know, another oh, old white guy in this Valentina is a foil for, uh, Tony and uh, Maria and has a good perspective on their relationship and the challenges that it's going to face because she was married to a white man who died and she now runs the store that they own together. Yeah. Um, And I I think that that change to that character really adds a lot. Plus she gets another song, which is great. It was really, uh, that was really, really cool to see her come back and get her own number and how it must have been so cool for her to revisit this material as a totally new character. Originally, that's a number between Tony and um, Maria. Maria, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the bedroom after uh, Bernardo kills Riff and uh, and, uh, Tony kills Bernardo. Okay, yeah, you yeah. raise a you raise a good point. In, in the original, the the sharks are, or excuse me, the jets are way more protagonists. You know, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, you have you have two different groups of protagonists, pretty much. Um, not even then. I mean, actually, the sharks are kind of they're antagonists. Yeah, in the kind of. I mean, they're they're and, shown in the uh, the number before the yeah. rumble. The sharks are shown as, I believe, the only guys who you know visibly have weapons Weapons. that they're bringing so yeah that was a great change uh to the to the new one another change that they made that i liked was kind of restructuring some of the songs like they had the song stay cool cool yeah yeah just cool the stay cool and they had that before the big brawl in the remake in the original it's after yeah, it's, the big event takes place. It's the Jets trying to cool off after one of their and that own just died. doesn't work as well. It should be like, oh, we want to commit violence. And our hero, Tony's coming in and like, stay cool before this all fucking, before you, something happens that no one can ever repair. It's just more power. It's a more powerful song. It, it kind of is a bit more of a throwaway in the original. So I, I like how they kind of move that around in the story structure. I didn't finish the movie, so I can't really tell you (laughs) if I agree or disagree. So um, uh, I don't remember how exactly the last like third of uh, uh, the original West Side Story goes. So for sure, it's it's not drastically different. That's kind of the the one big change. Um, The bringing up Rita Moreno revisiting her part. One thing that uh, she mentioned in an interview that I thought was interesting was. 
she she's talked openly about being a survivor of uh, sexual violence. And there's a scene in the original where in, in both movies where the Jets try to assault Anita. And she talked yeah. about how she, in the 61 movie, she was basically, you know, having a panic attack after that. And now being on set uh, in the scene where she she is now the character who breaks that up. Uh, she stepped on set and there was an intimacy coordinator and she was like, that is not something yeah. that I was aware was a thing. And, you know, talked about what a positive change that is. So that's yeah. cool. You know, there's a lot of fucked up stuff in Hollywood, but that's uh, they're one making place headway where we've a little bit here and there kind of made some strides. Yeah, but that's cool. I like that story. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, I think they did not do as well in the remake is um, the Jets are like way gayer in the original. And <laughs> I really liked that. Like, I, I really liked that. I kind of I told Zach, like watching the original West Side Story to me is like one of my favorite not gay gay texts. Like, I'm going to put it right up there with Top Gun where I'm like, God, they all just want to like be together and i fucking love that oh god and they didn't they did not it wasn't quite as gay in the remake i would have liked the jets to have been a little gayer that's just me also also um i thought that tony in the original should have been played by elvis presley i think that would have been great i think that would have been a great part for him they did offer the part to him did they yeah oh wow really (sighs) fuck go back and listen to our elvis episode oh man yes I, I, know, I, Tom really, I don't know. I really like the Tony in the original. I think his voice is really beautiful. He does have a great he voice. He has a great voice, yeah. but man, I would have loved to have seen Elvis in that part. And then I said, when watching the remake, I was like, God, they should have got Austin Butler doing his Elvis to play Tony in the original. Or excuse me, the remake. Not that Ansel Elgort guy. It's not even Yeah, Ansel name. Elgort, I, I, I'm a little underwhelmed by his facial expressions. I don't know if that is just like him, because I did really yeah. like him in Baby Driver. So um, yeah, I don't that know. That makes one of us. I, I don't know that maybe his tone, I don't know. I feel like his Tony had, I actually really don't like the fact that like they gave Tony this like backstory of like why See, he wanted out of the Jets. Um, I, I really like that. No, I was like, I feel like it's cooler that he just decided he didn't want to fucking like do that anymore. I don't know. I, I kind of like I, I like the original just like him being like, I just want to like have a job and da, 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 you know. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not certain that like some kid who got sent who was like all in and then got sent to like prison for a year would have like emerged just like i never want to do anything ever again i don't know it kind of makes it seem that like prison is like is is constructive (laughs) well no because he ends up stabbing someone yeah i I don't know i for me so i I think think that tracks i think it plays better with the overarching theme of like the difficulties of escaping cycles of violence. Yeah. Um, Cause Tony fucks up big time. Yeah. Like he t- really does. Tony still has that, you know, anger and rage inside of him. And I, I agree that I, I'm not in love with Ansel Elgort's performance to say nothing about, uh, some of the things that he has been accused Just of his performance. Um, Just his performance. Yeah. In, 
I, I don't, I, I agree that I feel like he's not super expressive, uh, aside from in one moment at the end yeah. where he makes two insane he faces after he Nick finds Cage. out, uh, but Nick Cage would have sold it. Oh, um, God, it's ridiculous. I can't believe they left that in the movie. Yeah. It's that, I guess that was the best take. Um, yeah. When, when like Tony, I, we're talking about when Tony <laughs> finds out that Maria was quote unquote killed in the basement Ansel Elgort <laughs> makes some weird ass acting choices. He like leans up against the wall. He's like, he kind of like looks off to the side with his hands up, like he's doing a tableau. You, you look like fucking Nosferatu right now. That's so like, does yeah, he? I know. That's a, that's what. I, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, but just yeah, I I think that Tony's a better character on the page in this movie. But I I agree that I think Ansel Elgort is kind of the weak link in a very strong cast. Yeah. Uh, mm. Rachel Zegler, who plays Maria, she was a fucking Maria. high school student. She, she was a high school student. She, she was eighteen had in this a beautiful movie. voice. She was she was clearly great. very well trained. Um, I I have no like I know exactly why they had Natalie Wood in the original movie. Which um, side note, my little sister Natalie is named for Natalie Wood. So, oh really? Yeah, that's great. Um, Wait, quick question: or swim. Has anyone here seen this? Property is condemned with Robert Redford and Natalie Wood. No. Great, really good picture. For those listening, please check that out. Really good picture. Uh, wait. Yeah, I think the only act- one that I've seen of hers is Rebel Without a Cause. Can I, I still haven't. Can seen I bring that. up why she's in this movie? No. Oh, um, sure. As long as I can talk about why she had somebody to dub her voiceover. <gasps> okay. What did you the- not know that? No, yeah. I, again, I know nothing about this. Oh movies, my really. god, it's uh, so glaringly obvious. To really, me. real oh, quick, wow. real, real I quick. I don't want to rewatch it. Real quick, the reason that she is in this movie is because Warren Beatty, who she was dating at the time, uh, was one of the guys who was in consideration for Tony, and uh, the clip that he sent them as sort of you know an audition piece uh, was from a movie that he was in with Natalie Wood, and when they saw that, they were like, "That's our Maria." Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, Great. she's not Latin American at all, so... No, don't know what they were seeing there. That's our Maria <laughs> yeah. right there, that white woman. That white woman? Her. We want that her. We need her. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we're, we're, we're going to leave her kind of exactly how she is, but we're going to put everybody else in brown face. None of that makes sense. It's a crazy um, choice. Yeah. I, 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 I just... I. I don't understand it. I'm like, are the white people going to look whiter because you put darker makeup on the Puerto Ricans? Like, I, don't I, you don't you realize that Puerto Ricans are also yeah. like half European? Yeah, like, I know. I made a joke where like some of the white actors, I mean, they're all white actors, but the white characters in the original look more Puerto Rican than some of the Puerto Rican quote unquote characters. I remember watching West Side Story for the first time and being like, I mean, Tony kind of looks Puerto Rican. He That's what yeah, I was like, Tony looks Puerto <laughs> you know, Rican. I was all, I, I don't know, like teach the boys some Spanish introduce him to Poppy you know it's really um, confusing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, Zach say your piece and then I'm gonna go on about oh the I said my I said my piece please take oh, okay. it away Alexis so um, you guys probably well Mick you certainly don't know because you're not into musicals but there's this right. woman her name is Marnie Nixon um, she was uncredited in multiple movies for dubbing over actresses singing voices and she does a very good job I mean like obviously you you couldn't even tell that Natalie Woods I didn't is, notice yeah yeah but like me being like somebody who like you know I was in choir for a really long time I did like vocal stuff in like college like I know about Marnie Nixon. I love her. She also uh, dubbed over Audrey Hepburn's uh, voice, singing voice for My Fair Lady. I think it's mm. much more um, 
it's much more like apparent in My Fair Lady that like mm. the voice, the the singing is dubbed over. I think it it flows a little bit better in West Side Story. Um, but yeah, Marnie Nixon, incredibly talented. I believe she actually what did like solo work with Leonard Bernstein at like Carnegie Hall or something like that. So that's great. Yeah. What's her name so. again? Marnie what? Marnie Nixon. You know what, Alexis? Thank you for shouting her out on this show because I would never have known that otherwise. She's li- she's really uncredited. Cool. She's not even she's not no in the shit. credits. Yeah, it's what like that and My Fair Lady are like two things that she did. They're just straight up like not even on her resume. But everybody knows, you know, that like knows about like vocalists who did dubbing at that right. time know about her. So interestingly, yeah. both movies that uh, were shown to me over and over again by my grandmother. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, you know that uh, I was a bigger fan of West Side. Yeah, My Fair Lady was the other one. I love one. My Fair Lady. I I got real sick I, of it. I watched it once when I was a kid. I couldn't stick with it. I, again, the chitty rain chitty bang bang. In Spain falls plain. plainly <laughs> in the plane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I would have enjoyed West Side Story more if I had been introduced to it as a child. That was my main thing watching this. Like, I God, I think you need to be introduced to this early I, on, or I just have an affinity I would have had for the musicals. Span for it, like as a child, because. How old were you so, when you first watched it? Probably like middle school. So by that time, oh, okay. I had already seen like Fam the Opera right. and like Sweeney Todd. Um, so, you know, I was like, I yeah. was deep in musical theater by that time. <laughs> I was probably like five or six. I, I saw this movie early. Um, mm-hmm. I I want to bring up one of my favorite shots in the remake. Oh, um, I know we were. Yeah, it's the, beautiful. Okay, so oh, we talked about. Okay, we were talking. You, I I didn't get a definitive answer, but I'm starting to get a feeling. Okay, so that's not. There's okay. a shot. Well, Tony is singing Maria, where he stops right. At, it's right before the song ends. He stops in a puddle, and the camera's above him, and there's just ripples the all through yeah. the waddle, that was water. So pretty, and it, it looks Gorgeous. like it looks like a like like Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night. So like, I, it's incredible. I thought it was VFX because of the way the water keeps moving. I was like, that's got to be computer generated. And it could be, but I'm kind of leaning towards no because Why? apparently that was a shot that they just fucking picked up at the end of the day. Like they were really? not really, yeah. That that was not a planned shot. So that, that might was, be real. Yeah, that was wow. a Janusz Kaminski in, in the, the moment. He was like, like let's do this. Wow, that's incredible. So I'm, I think that that is well probably in camera. Yeah. That's impressive. I was, I was blown, honestly. Uh, I when I started the new one, I was really blown away by how good it looked and yeah. just like all the different lighting choices um, and all the different like colors that they like gels and stuff that they used yeah. with like the different lights. Like the part where they one of my favorite parts. Um, is when they're kind of like devoting themselves to each other um, in the church, which is in the original, they're in the bridal shop. And I actually kind of like enjoy that kind of like uh, banter that the original uh, Tony and Maria have, like it, where they're kind of introducing their families to each other. I really it throws that. into relief how young they are. Huh? Uh, yeah. uh, to me, that the the scene where they're doing that in the bridal shop, I think it really mm-hmm. does throw into relief like they're fucking kids. Yeah, you know? yeah. They don't look like kids, which is kind of yeah. Because uh, they keep talking about hey, we're gonna go have a rumble by the candy store. Yeah. Uh, hey, and we then, own then, this playground. Yeah, and so like in the original, it's like they're doing that, and then they're like, and then they're kind of playing as if they're like getting married. Whereas in the newer one, I don't know, like I. It was gorgeous. I don't know. I d- it was really pretty. I don't know if yeah. it works. Like, I like it as much as that 
the kind of like interaction that they have in the original one. It had stained um, glass. But the fuck. Yeah. So obviously they're simulating the stained glass. And you, Mick, you know how I feel about stained glass. I grew oh, up in the Catholic glass. church and that was probably, I mean, what the fuck am I, what the fuck was I doing for like an hour in the Catholic church? I certainly wasn't listening to the fucking sermon. Fuck um, that. I was, look I was at the looking at all the stained glass that was around me, you know, it was so pretty. Um, but so like, I love the different like colors that are like on their faces in that scene. It's gorgeous. So, but it works better for you in the original. Their interaction works better, but like, so th- there's a lot of things that I'm like, oh, I kind of enjoy the, or like, I really like Rita Moreno. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she's wonderful. Lot. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I didn't even realize that they're in brown face, but that makes so much sense because like, um, she is so light skinned. She's um, so white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah, she clearly looks much more European than they made her look. So, yeah. Um, well, I but, mean, this. This movie Damn. and this performance convinced me to finally watch 80 for Brady. What? A, what? A, <sighs> Jesus you, do you fucking see, Christ. You see, what I, you see what I fucking mean, Mick? Okay. You, you. Okay. I, I want this on the record. I want this on the record that I told Mick that I wanted to see 80 for Brady. And his immediate response was, uh, why? Yeah, what's happening? And I was like, I, I'm sorry. Why would you disrespect four fucking legends like that? Okay? You know what? Because of Tom Brady. You. Yeah. You know what? I'll disrespect all it. Except you know for what? one of them, they're all EGOT fucking uh, women. Like they have like ev- they swept every award you could possibly have. You know why I will disrespect this is because I don't want to watch some goddamn weird fetish propaganda movie that Tom Brady is producing for himself, yeah. where a bunch of senior citizens want to fuck him. Yeah. I don't want to see that. I don't okay. want to see him. I fucking hate I Tom will, Brady. I will. I'll take the fucking Tom Brady because I want people. T- I want the higher ups to know that I will fucking pay to watch eighty year old women just fucking pal around for a whole fucking movie. I want more women that age to be able to still I'm, make movies. I'm absolutely with you on that, actually. I'm just afraid oh, that they're going to look me? at the... They're going to look at... No, I am, because... He, is, he just he started this I, by saying I started saying this by saying I want to see 80 for Brady. I don't know if you remember that. I'm going to... I'll, I'll stay as the holdout on this. I don't care. I'll yeah, take here's the, the thing. I'll take the I'm smoke. I'm afraid that, Alexis, you're going to go see this, and you're going to you're gonna see it, and other people are going to go see 80 for Brady, and the studio heads are going to be like, yes, they want more 80-year-old women. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to go, yes, they want more Tom Brady. That's what people are going to come see this for. That's what I'm afraid. Because no, that's why... I'm like... That's been my hang-up on the film. It's like, I don't want to watch a fucking movie about... I don't want to watch a movie with Tom Brady in the title. That's kind no of one, my hang-up. No one gives a fuck about Tom Brady. We want to see Lily Tomlin. We want to see Jane Fonda. We want to see Sally Field. We want to see Rita Moreno. And I want to see fucking Billy Porter, okay? Sally Field and strap-on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, as long as you back, have it a certain way yeah it has to be because now it's strapped on it's a strap on yeah. I love that we're quoting the 80 for Brady trailer, trailer. <laughs> I, I think we should uh, can we have this be our next I mean I know it's not an academy darling absolutely yet. not we don't know next year <laughs> absolutely next year not. Rita Moreno could sweep well, it her, no for my mother and my sister um, they said that it is funny but it's definitely like a mid movie um, really they weird. Said that, yeah, they said they said they said like it is it, the, the women though they're very funny, and so I was like, okay, for sure. That's what that's what it, I expected, you know, for it to not be like a great yeah. movie, but for them to be hilarious. Because when is Lily Tomlin ever not fucking funny? This woman has like twenty seven Emmys or something. The, I I just want to say I re- I don't know about you listeners, but I've really thoroughly enjoyed the last five minutes of this episode. Oh, oh my god! Just like defending the, the, these women, and by extension accidentally defending 80 for Brady. Yeah, no, this is great. This is the problem with being 
so into film as we sometimes put ourselves in these corners, but we'll fucking lash it. We'll fight it. We'll fight it to death. Oh my god! Alexis, I'm like I'm like a rabid Alexis, animal when I'm back I, into the corner. I I respect the hell out of you for that. That okay. was fantastic. So pivoting back to West Side Story, I, for Brady. I want to bring up uh, just a lyric that I fucking love in this movie. Because I, I think it's one of the most romantic lyrics in any, at, at least any musical, uh, which is uh, in Tonight when, uh, to, I think it's Tony goes, today the world was just an address, a place for me to live in, no better than I'll write, but here you are and what was once a world is a star, gets me every time. That's, that's beautiful. It's it's oh, really it's wonderful. wonderful. When when fucking uh, Rachel Zegler is that her name? Yes. Oh, when she started uh, singing at the very end, when she's like holding his body, I teared up and I was like, oh, I'm shocked. I did not think that this movie was going to get me like that, that's, but I did. I teared up. That's another change that I like. Is they they change it from? Um, I believe in the original she sings tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this, it's you know they they don't they don't have tonight anymore. So she sings only you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're well, the only thing I'll see. You're uh, yeah. It's uh, the only thing for me forever. Uh, brutal. Yeah. No, it gets me every time. Um, I I was thinking about uh, if I had to rank the songs for me, America is my number one. That is such. A America's good, really good. Such a good. That's a fucking. I've had it stuck in my head now for days, and I am kind of not excited for it to leave because it's such a good song. I also really love Maria, and then um, kind of I I kind of enjoy Officer Krupke a little Officer bit. Officer Krupke, that's rules. such a fun I little song. I can't even rank the songs. I just think that they're all just fucking delightful. But I fucking love singing. I feel pretty because like they it has some of mm. the like like I just love the lilt sound of like the voice and like I love the high notes you know so I love singing along to it you know who hates I feel pretty who, who? Steven Sondheim oh really he he wanted Spielberg to cut it wow. uh and he almost did and Tony Kushner uh Spielberg's writing partner who also has been writing with him since Munich he uh did I believe Lincoln as well and most recently the Fablemans with Spielberg uh which that's that's my horse for the best picture race. I love the Fablemans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, Tony Kushner was like, this is the one moment in the movie where the audience is ahead of Maria. Because uh, that song comes right after the rumble where yeah. her brother is killed by her lover. Yeah. So the audience is going to feel very protective mm. of her. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a good I, choice. That's that's some good dramatic irony. Right I just there. remembered another change I really like in the remake is how when the rumble starts, it's Chino and Tony getting there together. And Chino actually helps Tony get in, actually yeah. raises the garage door. That is some poetic irony right there. That's yeah. beautifully done. That was a great change. Yeah. Chino's, I just want to throw that in there. Real I quick. really, I really love Chino in the 2021 movie. I'm, yeah. I'm, he was really sweet. He was very one, one dimensional in the original. Surprise, so I'm really surprise. glad that they gave him like a, a backstory and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Josh um, Andreas Rivera is the actor's name. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, sorry, go then, ahead. Another change that they did that I was actually reading about this, like while I was trying to like finish part of the old one. Um, But 
So in the in the original version, uh, the girl that hangs out with them is like a tomboy, and in the newer version, oh, the it's like a non-binary right. actor uh, who's playing somebody who's kind of trans mask. And I think that the interesting thing was they also like bell hooks. They don't capitalize their name either. Um, so I just started a bell hooks book actually. Oh, cool. I actually started one of her, uh, like an audio book of one, uh, Ain't I a Woman? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Non-binary actor, uh, Iris Manus. Yes. So, uh, interesting, like what I was reading and then like what, like when I was like kind of thinking back on it, I was like, oh, that's fair. Like, obviously the Jets in the original version are very misogynistic to the tomboy who just like wants to belong in this gang, you know? Um, and they were saying that like in uh in the newer version it comes off as like kind of like transphobic because they're saying like oh you want to be like a boy um you know things like that um yeah and, it's you know, it very explicitly transphobic yeah mm-hmm. so i don't know you know i'm i'm not gonna like chime in on my opinions about that because i don't think that's my place um but <sighs> listeners if you have opinions about that or experience like speaking from experience about like how you felt about that portrayal let me know because um, I, I want to know the the way that it plays in terms of character motivation to me in the movie is that Tony's kind of the only person who has ever shown anybody's any acceptance and you know everyone else from you know women at the dance to other you know guys in the jets reject him and yeah. it you know makes sense that this is kind of this is the one place where anybody's has been shown any chance for belonging so you know even though the jets are this fucking violent like misogynistic white supremacist gang like what the fuck are anybody's other options uh yeah so i i think that i I think that that deepens that character for me because you know in the 61 movie where anybody's is just a tomboy it's like yeah you have other things you could be doing uh and any, anybody seems like he has fewer options in the mm. 21 movie to me. Hmm. Um, sure. I don't know that I would want to make this that the distinction that a tomboy from that time period can be doing anything else. No, but I the stakes are higher, I would say. I, yeah, I th- yeah. I think that that's hard to argue that. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, also, one other change that I like sure. is sure. that. I believe the 61 movie is set in the year that, you know, the movie came mm-hmm. out yeah. and the original or, and, and the new one is set in 57 mm-hmm. and the neighborhood is being destroyed for yeah. slum clearance to build the Lincoln, the Lincoln Center. Center. I, that was one of my favorite details, which is, you know, a poetic, big, ju- yeah, poetic performing irony. arts yeah. building in New that York so where great. the premiere for West Side Story 2021 happened that's so cool yeah i love that they were tearing down these neighborhoods to build this center for a musical theater which is what this is pretty much that i just love that that was just please, really beautiful please correct me if i'm wrong though um somewhere i was reading that actually the lincoln is it the lincoln park neighborhood or lincoln heights what 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 was it it's the it's like performance i think it's a lincoln center the I performing mean, arts no no, no, yeah. no the neighborhood was called something though lincoln oh. hill So the the Puerto Rican neighborhood is called San Juan Hill. Okay, Um, I think I was reading somewhere that like the the neighborhood it's based off of was a primarily like black neighborhood or something, though. 
Well, that kind of comes into the movie because they talk about clearing the Egyptian kings out of there who are a black gang. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes that's, sense. That's who Tony almost killed in his fight before he went to prison. It's a okay. kid who's in the Egyptian kings. Oof. Um, yeah. So, okay. Is there anything else? Uh, I don't know. I love, I, I love Corey Stoll's delivery of the last of the can't do it Caucasians. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite lines. <laughs> really, really good. Tony yeah. Kushner's such a fucking good writer. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love the original officer Krupke, like the that uh, that scene in the original movie. I, I really, really like. I think it's like visually like very fun, yeah. like in the new one. But I really love the original. I feel like the the irony of like what they're saying makes much more sense to me in like that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, how originally it, um, Sondheim wanted it to be Oscar Krupke, fuck you, not. Uh, Krupp you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. I love that. <laughs> uh, which That's is uh, the premise for a very funny episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, I have seen that episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's like, oh my God, you're an actual Officer Krupke. Uh, this, that episode now is so much better to me having it's actually called, seen The episode is called Officer Krupke. That's so great. Um, oh but God. yeah, as someone who does not really, uh, I don't gravitate towards musicals. The original one for me, I still kind of struggled with with uh, them flip flopping, but it really worked a lot more for me for uh, the the remake. I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, no, I, well, uh, I I had a good time. That makes one of us because as soon as I get off of this call, I'm literally throwing my Spotify on my headphones and I'm going to be listening to this fucking uh, musical soundtrack for probably on repeat until I go to bed. So great Ooh. soundtrack. Yeah, um, fabulous. I just want to say that the original, it's a groundbreaking film. Uh, I think there's a lot to love in it. I think that it's, like l- largely, it is a film that I I like quite yeah. a bit. Obviously, there's issues with the brown face. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I mean, very questionable to have Natalie Wood in it. But goddamn, doesn't she look pretty? She made a splash. <laughs> um, and then uh, for the new one, I just want to say. Not enough people saw it, and if it was any filmmaker oh, yeah. other than Spielberg, this would be, like, yeah. the best movie you ever fucking made. Yeah, I, Spielberg is just one of many great fucking movies. Yeah, I think it's, I like... I hope he gets the Oscar. It, I love that guy. It's almost kind of sad that, like, it's like, oh, Spielberg, because then everybody's like, of course he did this movie, and of course it's so good, and, you know, he has all this experience and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, it was so pretty. Yeah, you I know, was shocked. I... I did not see this in theaters. Obviously, I would. I was never going to because it's a musical. But I had a hanker. I had a feeling that like, am I going to regret not having seen this in theaters? And sure enough, yeah. about halfway through, I was like, "Fuck! I should have seen this in theaters." So great. Just I think the it was colors and the. Sound. It's gorgeous. Yeah. When I heard Tarantino say that for 2022, his two favorite theatrical experiences was Top Gun Maverick and West Side Story. I was like, "Fuck! I missed out." Damn it. And I can see why. It's just so I, I, I can I can only imagine seeing this with surround sound <laughs> in a ruled. giant room. I saw it I in the theater. That Lucky it you. has to be a man and it especially has to be Tarantino, you fucking film bro, for you to be like, I should have seen a musical in theaters. Cry, cry, cry. Hey, um, baby baby steps for my boy. Yeah. Give me yeah. credit, please. Jesus. Sure. You, you, the, you give the Alexis white film bro credit. You give me shit for not seeing musicals and then you berate me anytime I talk about how I feel about them or I maybe mean, I don't want to see them. You're really through, doing like, the Lord's work. I had to sit through like watching you be visibly like gr- almost grossed out by fucking Phantom of the Opera. Like watch you on the couch, <laughs> just like 
Yeah, I, I didn't handle that well. I'll don't admit. worry. You, I'll, don't, I'll show you don't handle anything well when you don't like it. You're always <laughs> making comments. Hey, 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 nobody worry. I'm going to get all of us together. We're all going to watch Cats, and we're going to have a great time. Oh, God. Um, so have we? Uh, do you guys have anything you're feeling strongly about talking about for next week? Oh, that's right. We haven't discussed this yet, have we? Because if, if you guys don't, I, I want to pitch something that none of us have seen. Okay. Okay. Or, okay. Just this, do it. This will this will be my pick, and okay. we're gonna go for just, it. Just pitch it. I want to talk about all about Eve. It's the uh, 1951 Best Picture winner. Uh, it came out in 1950. It stars Betty Davis, Ann Baxter, and Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, uh, who was the oh, brother uh, yeah. brother of the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. Yeah. Um, oh wow. Yeah, so uh, you can find it. Uh, you've got to rent it, but you can rent it on uh, YouTube, Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV, Google Play Movies. It's it's four bucks. You know, you get, I feel like you're good for it. If you're listening to this, you're probably good for four bucks, right? Come on, guys. Sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you uh, if you want to find us on uh, social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Film Majors Pod. And uh, if you want to let us know what some of your favorite uh, Oscar-nominated films are, what you're rooting for this year, uh, you can go ahead and shoot us an email at filmmajorspod at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you have any burning questions, please ask us. We love getting asked things from our fans. That's always great. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, give us give us a rating on Spotify. Give us five stars. Uh, and yeah. Very nice. I like. Very nice. I like. Very good. All right. All right, folks, this has been fun. Don't forget, pay your taxes and drive home safe, buddy. 